My name is Polly and I'm going to be reading the Bible today. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 1 to 16. A servant of the Lord. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, has he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. The shadows of his hand hid me. He made me a polished arrows and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant of Israel in the womb, and you will display my spencer. But he said, I have a labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet due to me the Lord's hands, and my reward with my God. Now the Lord says, he is who formed me into the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him. He gathered in Israel to himself. I am honoured in his eyes of the Lord. My God has been strict, he said, for two small things for you, my servant. He restored the tribes of Jacob. To bring those in Israel, I have kept and I'll also make life the gentleties. And my servant may reach the ends of the earth. But the Lord says, Render the Lord of Israel to him who has abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings will stand up, princesses, princes will bow down because of the Lord who is faithful. The Holy One of Israel has chosen you. This is what the Lord says. My time of favour, I will answer you, and that day of sun love, I will help you. I will keep you, and I will make you confident for the people, and restore the land. I have resigned the people of demonstrations. I will captive, come out, those in darkness. Be free, to feed beside the roads, and pass in the barren hill. I will neither hunger or thirst, nor Desert heat or sun will beat me down, or them who has compassion them, I will guide them. The leaves of beside the spring water, I will turn the mountains into roads, I will turn all my highways will rise up. See, I'll come from afar, some of the north, some from the west, some reckon of Aswa. Join the joy in heavens, rejoice the earth. A burst of song, you mountains. From the Lord's comforts his people, and I have compassion to affect the ones. Zion says, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget a baby in her breast and have no compassion for the child she has born? I will not forget you. Although she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved the palms of my hands. Your walls will never be before me. Well, welcome this morning. Will you pray with me? Lord, we pray a deep revelation of your word as we explore uh, this passage in Isaiah this morning. Holy Spirit, would you reveal a fresh sense of who God is to each person listening in this morning? Amen. Well, today certainly is a very different Mother's Day. But a day of celebration nonetheless. Perhaps it'll be over the phone, over a Zoom. 
You might be taking it in shifts to go and visit your mum or have a driveway kiss and wave. I'm sure, like me, many of you are utterly devastated at the fact that you won't be, the, the Mother's Day stall isn't a goer this year. I'm very sad that I won't be receiving my world's greatest mum fly swat or mug or tea cosy or whatever it was. But, you know, we'll just wait and see what it is that we got this year for Mother's Day. If I'm honest, I find today somewhat of a challenging time for reasons that will unfold later on. But it is good and it is right to honour mothers and the institution of motherhood. It is a mantle that though filled with unbelievable joy is also one that brings untold challenges as the years go by. The role of mothers in society is definitely one that cannot be underestimated. Today, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. It's smack bang in the Bible. It's next to Ecclesiastes where we're spending this term. So it's a great part of the Bible to be in. And we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 49 and thinking how God is both like and unlike a mother. Well, not all of us are mothers, and not all of us have had mothers that have lived up to some sort of societal ideal that we hear about. But all of us can look at the example that God's giving us here. And my prayer is, whatever your circumstance, and however you approach a day like Mother's Day, that a fresh revelation of the comforting, nurturing, steadfast, uber-mother love of the Lord will come upon you from our look at Isaiah's words today, and that love will transform your hearts. So, we start chapter 49, and it's the second of this, what's called the servant songs. We know that Isaiah has a lot of this language predicting the coming of a saviour, a new world, a new creation. And the first 13 chapters of Isaiah 49 are this fabulous panoramic statement of the goodness and flourishing that God is going to bring to the world through this servant. We see there's a lot of language here that paints an image of a new world being birthed. There's a sense, argues Kirk Patson, who's an Old Testament scholar over at SMBC in Sydney, that there is a covenant here. But this covenant is not so much a document about an agreement, but a person who is the very place where that agreement can be found. We see that these verses speak of bringing Israel back and a restoration after exile. But it goes further than that. There's further implications here. I will make you a light for the Gentiles, says verse 6. Salvation that reaches to the ends of the earth. This is going to get bigger and bigger than just the redemption of Israel. And on it goes through to verse 13 with this expansive vision. Shout for joy, you heavens. The mountains are bursting forth into song. God is bringing his compassion and his comfort. These verses have this beautiful vision of the redemptive plan of God. A vision for the soon, a vision for the later, and a vision for the ultimate good and glory of mankind. And what does Zion say? 
in answer to that redemptive vision? I'm not really feeling it. The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. I don't really feel you are for me, God, is what Zion is saying here. Tim Keller, a theologian from the States, poses this as a kind of question that Zion is asking, where are you, God? To which God answers in the following verses with a beautiful metaphor, a response as to his nature, and then an example of his love in action. Would it be fair to say that our response to many things that come along, perhaps even our response to the emotions that Mother's Day can bring up, can be a little like Zion's? God's comfort doesn't always register with us. The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Zion, of course, refers to God's people. It refers to you and to me. Well, what does God do in these following verses? He redoubles his effort to persuade us and Zion that he loves us with a love greater than we could even begin to measure and to assure us that we are not forgotten. The first word picture that God uses is that of a mother's arms, found in verse 15. And the Lord asks, Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Well, let's think about that question. Can a mother forget? You know, scholars have kind of gone on and on in different ways that we could understand these words of the servant. But what I want us to do is is just take three different angles that we can look at the nature of motherhood and ask that question. Can a mother forget? Well, how does a mother not forget? Firstly, physiologically. In the early months, a nursing mother, after a few hours, will be reminded of her need to feed her baby. Every few hours, her body will register its time and things can get pretty hectic if she doesn't. When my third child, Solomon, was 11 weeks old, I was matron of honour at my best friend's wedding. We'd gotten through the photos, we'd gotten through the ceremony, We were signing the register and Solomon began to cry. I signed that register and it was all I could do not to push my dear friend and her new husband down the aisle quickly. I knew what would happen if I didn't feed my baby. Even in the midst of this incredible day where I saw my best friend marrying the love of her life, my body would not let me forget my duty as a nursing mother. Well, secondly, psychologically, a mother cannot often forget. And I realise that this is not every mother's experience. But often when a nursing mother is feeding a child, there's a release of something called oxytocin. It's often called the cuddle chemical, the feel-good chemical. And it's a kind of self-perpetuating thing. You feed your baby, the oxytocin is released, There's a general feeling of well-being. And in that moment, there's often just an absolute focus. Nothing else in the world matters. This, this is what Isaiah is likening God to. 
a nursing mother whose utter delight and focus is upon us. Well, thirdly, let's look at the directionality of this relationship that happens between a nursing mother and their baby. You know, the fact that we need some sort of special Mother's Day, celebration day at all, kind of should tell us that this whole thing is, well, it's really just a little bit one-sided. The love and the devotion of a mother is often entirely one-directional. And that is particularly true in that first few weeks of a newborn baby's life. The care is 24-7 and you don't even get so much as a smile for your effort. How totally and utterly a mother's life is turned on its head in caring for that baby. And it's a beautiful picture of unconditional, one-directional love. Many mothers have added to their list of tasks homeschool mum in these past few weeks, an act that has brought many to their knees just as they were in those early few weeks of mothering. Slaving all day, trying to figure out what the lessons are actually really going on about. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure that there would be many who have said their kids have been showering them in adulation and thanks for this quite outrageous act of sacrifice that's been going on. And yet it is done, because that is what mothers do. The Bible has many amazing examples of sacrificial mothers. I think of Jochebed in Exodus chapter 6, as she lowered baby Moses down into the river Nile, praying for his safety, seeing that he was collected and later on becoming his wet nurse. Her heartache, not as his own mother, but at least it was far better than the alternative. I think of the tale of the two mothers in 1 Kings chapter 3, both claiming a baby to be theirs. King Solomon in his wisdom calls for a sword and one lady cries out, please, please don't kill my son. Just, just give, him, give him to the other woman. Just please, please don't kill him. A great act of sacrifice in order to save her beloved son. And I think of my great heroine, Mary, a woman who sacrificed so very much as the mother of Jesus. From her first hours with that baby in Nazareth to those unspeakably terrible hours watching him hang on a cross. Can a nursing mother forget? No. Not physically, not psychologically. And for the most part, there is a one-way reorientation of care and sacrificial love that does not stop at one, it does not stop at two, it does not stop at 10, 20, 30, and beyond. God, being the God that he is, can no more forget his people than a nursing mother. It is beyond his nature to do so. And then God turns it on its head. He says that even though this is the greatest love, the most unconditional, the most nurturing, the most intense, my love is greater. I am both like and unlike a mother. We see these verses say, though a mother may forget, I will not forget you. 
Some commentaries actually state that the Hebrew there can be translated, even though a mother will forget. And it's true. Even the greatest mothers amongst us will eventually leave us due to the fallen nature of this earth. Their, their very humanness, I know that's not really a word, but we can use it here. And very sadly, whilst here on earth, some of us will experience mothers who were less than the ideal, that in fact did forget and have caused us deep pain. Well, my beautiful mum, you can see her on the screen there, was a magnificent mother. Our last Mother's Day was 12 years ago, spent on her back deck. She had very recently been diagnosed with motor neurone disease. I was 32 weeks pregnant with my second child and she looked at me and took my hand. It was very difficult for her to speak, but she said, I, I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you. Right to the end, she was a faithful mother who had never forgotten me. But she did leave, of course, of course, not of her own volition. But four short weeks later, she had died, far sooner than anyone had anticipated. And a few weeks after that, my precious Pollyanna Noni Joy was born. In the months that followed, there was a darkness. I thought thoughts that to this day, I can't quite believe at times. And I cried out to God, have you forsaken me? Please do not forget me. Like Zion, I, I struggled through the blackness to feel his compassion. Perhaps mum's greatest gift was that she had brought me up to know the Lord. Despite the blackness of that year after Pollyanna's birth, I chose to read and believe God's character was as it says it is here in Isaiah. And indeed through our biblical story, that there is a truth that he could not and would not forget me. And why does it matter that we understand and take hold of this truth? Why? along with some very good medical care, the support of dear friends and God's deep grace. Why did that save me? Why does that truth save me from further condemnation when I look back at that year, a year where I certainly wasn't living up to some amazing mothering life that would have made the socials? Why? Because what we believe about God and his love for us is where we can anchor our identity. And that, my friends, is a place of untold freedom. You see in these next verses, this practical demonstration of how God really loves us. In verse 16, he says, your walls are before me. God is talking about Jerusalem, reminding them of the promises he's made a few verses back about bringing people to the city, about restoring the nation. But for us, what is he saying? He's saying, I see you. Your life is before me. God who delights in you as a new mother 
delights in her infant. He is saying, I see you and I love you deeply and unconditionally. You who can give me nothing, I love you. And of course, there is that most striking image in verse 16. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. In ancient Near Eastern cultures, it was reasonably common for slave owners to brand their property by tattooing the, the name of their slaves, the name of their masters on their slaves' hands. But this is the other way around. Never ever would a master have the name of his servants written on his hands. The Hebrew word there for engrave, it's not some nice little henna tattoo. It actually means to take up a hammer and a chisel and carve the name. It's really quite a horrible picture. As Zion heard these words, what comfort, knowing their God had not forgotten them. He had engraved their name on his hands. And for us reading post-resurrection, no matter what has gone before, no matter how forsaken, how deep the darkness feels, we can sit in the deep assurance of God's love that this image speaks of. We've just celebrated Easter a little over a month ago and we looked at the end of John when Jesus appeared to his disciples. What did he show them? His nail-scarred hands. Friends, today this Mother's Day, Will you let the truth of God's love be your greatest gift? Regardless of what this day brings for you, whether it's a day of champagne and cake or a day you just wish would hurry up and be over, we can sit in this great theological truth that Isaiah is bringing forth here. Our God is both like and unlike a nursing mother. He did not and cannot forget us. And the action that we have that most beautifully displays his love? Our names engraved on Jesus' hands. He was forsaken. He bore the pain so that no matter what has been or will be, we haven't been forgotten. We might not necessarily see what God is doing in the midst of our journey. Perhaps it's in waiting to become a mother. Perhaps it's in the journey itself or in the event of that relationship being broken down for whatever reason. But together we can see and trust. Our identity is not formed in our ability to be a mother at all or the perfect son or the perfect daughter or whether or not we were forgotten by our mothers. Our identity is truly formed when we realise that thanks to the sacrifice of the suffering servant Isaiah speaks of here, we can call ourselves daughters and sons of a compassionate, nurturing God. This God has formed you, has known you since the beginning of time. He sees you, he has redeemed you, and he has yearns to bring you close. Will you let him? Let's pray to close. Thank you, God. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, help us to trust this truth, 
to meditate on these great words spoken so long ago, an amazing revelation of your saving grace. Today, this Mother's Day, would you again reveal our true identity to us, made real and known through the blood of Jesus. Thank you that like a mother, you do not forget us. Thank you that like a mother, you pursue each of us, wanting nothing but our flourishing and to comfort each of us in our pain and to celebrate with each of us in our joy. May our lives ever be before you. And the people of God said, Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day.